Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the mic, we have a special guest today. Uh, we have Bill with Spartan Forge, founder of Spartan Forge, uh, Bill Thompson. What's going on, Bill? Hey man, how are you doing today? Good, good, man. Uh, just, uh, you know, doing the grind here. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, but everyone, so if you don't know who Bill is, like I said, he is the founder for Spartan Forge. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners, a lot of members of Service Side have been reaching out to us, really wanting us to chat with Bill here um, and kind of get a little bit more insight on, on what Spartan Forge is, you know, how it was created um, and everything like that. But Bill, um, kind of how we start the podcast off is good little icebreaker here. Tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, and how you got started out into hunting. Uh, I actually started hunting kind of recreationally when I was young with family members and friends of the family, but none of it was like serious. Um, I would, you know, it would, it was yearly or culturally, excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. Um, but, um, yeah, so I I was doing with family members and then as I got older, I ended up in the military. My, it was actually my brother-in-law at the time that had gotten me into bow hunting and, um, bow hunting for me was just it, it, it's it's weird to even call a right like i have nothing against rifle hunting i still do it every once in a while it's fun um i have absolutely nothing against it but the, the two things are so different to me and the experiences are so different it's funny that we both like call them like, like they're grouped in the same thing because for me when i started bow hunting it was just it was it was it was night and day compared to all of the other hunting i guess for what it did for me and the and the sense of uh, completion and that type of stuff that you get from going out there and scouting and you know getting within 10 or 15 uh, yards of your intended prey you know and making a plan come together there was just so much it was so much more involved for me and that's really what got me into hunting and i think that happened when i was about i can't remember now i'm going to get the dates mixed up but i think i was maybe 23 or 24 i'm i'm 30 okay right now so it's been quite a while but um yeah that's kind of it was my brother-in-law who he was a he was a uh, bow hunter and he kind of got me into it and and the first time um i didn't even harvest the first animal that i i I loosened arrow after i just had gotten the deer shakes too much or the um buck fever too much but um i was addicted at that moment i knew i was going to be hunting for the rest of my life so that's kind of the quick and dirty of how i got into it no, that's awesome, man, and and I, I love that. You know, it's I I personally think that a majority of the numbers point towards like guys in their like twenties, sometimes even thirties, that have been hunting when they grew up. They they go into that bow hunting aspect and they get to see. And I'm the same as you. I go out with a gun and stuff. You know, especially doe hunting. I mean, who doesn't love, um, you know, going out there, especially when you just can go out there, fill the freezer, be home by lunch, kind of thing. You don't really have to do much else but I, I enjoy all aspects it seems like every time i do a different type of hunting uh we did night predator hunting this year and you just you learn like man like this is a big difference from growing up and sitting in a stand with clothes that were three times the size of me and <laughs> waiting <laughs> on something to possibly walk by while you freeze to death right yeah no i know exactly what you mean but no that's that's great man and uh you know we all know that it's just it's a different feeling and whatever feeling you get with hunting that's that's the one you got to go with so let's talk a little bit about spartan forge here um so like i mentioned a lot of people have been reaching out to me and they're like you gotta talk to bill you know we, we we'd love to i'm sure you get this all the time they're like we love to know the difference between like onyx and things like that but tell our listeners a little bit about your company um and kind of what you guys are, are setting out setting out to do um slash accomplish 
I mean, the real overall, you know, it, it evolves over time. But the spirit of Spartan Forge is really just to uh, continue to push the hunting culture forward into the future okay. and to make it accessible for everyone. And and what I mean by that is, you know, myself being in the military for 21 years and a lot of my buddies, either it was being deployed or it was being home on training exercises or temporary duty. There wasn't a lot of time to kind of invest yourself into hunting like you wanted to, especially how I wanted to. And I always found that the applications that were out there really weren't cutting the mustard when it came to uh provide isolating and providing me much uh data as possible per variable in the hunting equations like you have a hunting you have a hunting goal whatever that is whether it's to harvest some doe or a buck or whatever that, that you know as an engineer i kind of look at that as an equation and you know in order to effectively solve an equation you have to isolate every variable so the variables for me were like what are the things that are, what are the variables that are associated with deer movement what what are the uh, the topographical features, the temperature, the the weather, environmental factors, the hunting pressure, like all of these things are variables. And the apps, especially the, you know, all of these things require mapping. So I don't, I don't even like calling Spartan Forge a mapping company because we're not a mapping company. We're a data science company. And so it's just, we nest all, we present a lot of the data and a lot of the data has to come through the form of a map. So you could say mapping's a part of the company, but for the first year that we existed, we didn't have a map. We were doing other things, but basically if I wanted to be as efficient as possible with my time, I had to go, you know, I think I was using probably five, six, seven different apps and uh, weather and moon and, uh, uh, mapping applications, many different mapping applications, uh, many different scientific studies I was reading, data repository. And, and the point was, I still wanted to be as productive as possible, even though I had a family. I, you know, I have four kids. I was deploying in the military. I, I really had no time to do all of the scouting that, you know, one would want to do and, and to ensure that they were going to be successful going into the next season. So, I kind of abstract that away and I say for anybody who's super busy and all of us, you know, especially as things like the economy get worse, you know, we're working more to keep food on the table and to keep our families um, and, and homes secure. And I, I wanted to provide a product for people that kind of centralized all of the variables that I at the time and now my pro staff, our pro staff are considering when they go afield. So it's really the distillation of all of those things into one application that allows you to, uh, you know, isolate all of those variables and then make an informed decision on when you're going to scout, when you're going to, cause none of this, none of what I'm doing replaces boots on the ground. Right. So um, boots on the ground is always going to be King, but you know, the times and the dates that you choose to do that, the information that you glean while you're out there, you're out there. And then all of that, what well, in the military, we called intelligence preparation of the battlefield which you could, in the in the context of hunting, you could think of it as the digital research that you do before you go out to either scout or execute a hunt. So what I wanted to do is distill and present all of that intelligence preparation of the battlefield so that a hunter, when they're going into the woods, has is optimizing their time. Because at the end of the day, like I, of course, I love the romantic side of hunting where I, I don't know where I'm going out into. I'm on the ground scouting. I might have like a plastic map with me. A lot of times it's how I used to hunt, especially, you know, earlier in my bow hunting career, um, it was with a long bow and some maps out in the middle of nowhere. And I was just trying to make sense of the woods. I love that aspect of it. 
Um, unfortunately, I don't have the time for that anymore. I haven't had the time for that for many years, especially when I became an officer in the military. I found that that time was gone. I love that side of hunting, but you know, the opposite side is I still want to be able to hunt. I still want to be effective. I still want to harvest some deer. I want to get some dough, some meat in the freezer. I want to have fun doing it. I want to pass it on to my kids. And so how do I do that and balance my time? So Spartan Forge is really the outgrowth of, you know, one of our pro staffers, his name is Andy May and his tag on Instagram, I think is like bow hunter, bow hunting dad, right? So I'm trying to build an application that's for the bow hunting dads and the bow hunting moms of the world that still want to enjoy um, this, this, but keep up with, you know, their day-to-day life. Um, and, and so we don't replace scouting, but we're going to try to make the scouting as efficient as possible. And then, you know, predict that day that you can go out there and have your best chances of harvesting an animal. So it's a really long winded answer, but, um, you know, it's a serious question. So it deserves a serious answer. No, for sure. And not, not long winded at all, man. I, I'm glad you touched on that. And I, you know, that's great because I'm actually about to be a father myself, um, in a couple of weeks and, you know, the amount of time that I put in, I mean, I can go out right now after work throw the canoe on the truck and go scout till dark you know and i know that that's not going to be an everyday thing uh once i uh once the baby comes so you know hearing especially your your goals for that of creating that app that's going to be awesome because i mean you know i'm not you can't read a book on being a parent so if i can have something that's going to help me be more efficient with my time um then i can distribute it evenly (laughs) and i'm totally on board for that yeah, well, congratulations on your on your first child on the way, man. That's that's amazing, and um, I'm super excited for you. It's I have four, obviously, and if I could, I'd have eight. Um, <laughs> that's I would I not hear, stop, man. but unfortunately, there's another side of the equation, and she's done. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, I, I love kids, and I love passing it on to them, and and also as hunters, it's great to watch someone harvest their first animal or you know kill their first deer for the first time, and. Uh, and to pass that on is, is really, you know, my, my greatest pleasure is people messaging us in the app in, in either social media or my personal email or our support ticket. And just saying, you know, this app helped me get on my first big deer or my first deer ever. And here's how it helped. And those stories, we, we post some of those on our Instagram. Um, and, and that really is what it's all about for me. No, that's, that's great, man. And that was a, that was a huge reason after talking to, uh, John nails, you know, he's one of our field staff members and, and also I think he talks with you guys and he, you know, that was yep. one thing that, that attracted to us and we're like, man, we definitely got to get you on because I mean, just looking through your site and looking through your socials and stuff and, you know, the little bit of interaction we had through Instagram, I, you know, those are the, those are the companies we like to talk to. Those are the companies I want to put on a pedestal and kind of show people and showcase what's going on because, you know, at the end of the day, we have so much stuff coming out and, you know, we have the gimmicks and all this. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to think of the future of hunting uh, the now is great, but also you got to think of the future with that. Um, because you know, it could, it can be depleted. It can be gone. And you want to make sure that you're doing what you can, even as a company to do the right things to help people along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that's definitely, you know, I think you, that's evidenced out by the pro staff. I don't even like the word pro staff, but by yeah, the hunters us, that we us have. Either. <laughs> us either. Yeah, I, I really don't like the term. I, I'm, I wish there was a better term of art. Yeah, but, but you'd have like, to rebrand the, hunters, the whole word, you know? Yeah. We have uh, the, the type of hunters that we have on board and the type of technology that we're building and the ethic that we involve in what we do day to day. 
I think that shines through. You know, we're not we're not taking investment money from big faceless corporations. Right. We are building this product. It's focused and driven by the hunter. Um, and and we, you know, a lot of the, a, a problem. And I was just talking to somebody else about it this morning. <clears throat> a problem with a lot of these companies is they get big and then they forget where they came from. Yes, sir. And they forget why they they did it in the first place, and then they just take their money and they ride off into the sunset. Um, I I wake up every morning and I spend about two hours on the Instagram, the Facebook, and my emails personally, you know, responding to everybody and every idea that every hunter has and everything that they want to see come to fruition throughout this application. And that is a passion of mine. And as long as I'm in charge of this company, I will never stop doing that. Um, and, and that when when people approach their 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 day to day with that type of ethic and when they have that kind of um, passion for what they do and then they they turn that into their job that's where where the best products get built um and you know of course we have to make money because we're a business right you got to keep the lights on you got to keep the lights on but at the end of the day we're not going to sacrifice who we are as a company um and you know they're they're for the first i don't know five or six years we did this there were three of us um and now there's seven of us and probably by the end of the summer there'll be 11 of us and i have the customers to thank for that because everyone is buying and downloading the app and that allows us to hire more people and and um bring like more like-minded individuals on so you know that that to me is super important and that's what we're going to continue doing going forward in the future yeah man i I love that that's that's great i'm I'm really glad you kind of went down that track um you know that's something that we personally do also and you know, I, we've talked in the past, you know, I took a pay cut to come do what I love, but every single day, I, my my girl hates it. She's like, you got to stop working. I'm like, I know, but when you love something and you're passionate about it, I mean, a, a business, even in, especially with this, it's a living, breathing thing. You have to, you have to nurture it, take care of it. And like you said, when funds are coming in, that's when you can get those more resources to just make things better. And I love that, man. That's, that's great. I've been actually thinking about making a change myself, um, with the kind of the strategy of how I hunt. Um, and John's been on me about, you know, your application and, and your system that you guys have. And it's just, you're just driving the nail in the coffin harder here with it. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so I tell you what, I kind of wanted to take just a little step back here and you know we had talked about spartan forge and you kind of went over like what the company is but what exactly do you guys offer um you know i know you touched on it a little bit but you guys offer a whole like range of things when it comes to the app and the system yeah i mean there's there's a ton i could go into here um you know as i as i brief people on this and i and i i talk to them kind of what the prog the 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 product is about it, what we're offering right now, what we just did our first major update. So we put an app out last year in November and the point of that, it was late. Um, we had a couple deaths in our company, uh, parents, uh, of our founders, my, my mother passed and my co-founder, his father passed from COVID and we were planning on releasing in like September or even early October. We ended up not getting it out until like November 10th. Um, and we, released that product and we knew it wasn't what we wanted it to be but we wanted to get the most important thing was is that we'd been working on the deer prediction for about seven years and when i say the deer prediction what that is is we have gotten a ton of colored gps data from all over the u.s so a biologist or a researcher or on military bases or a private hunting club they get permission to trap and collar deers they do that um that it's usually for academic reasons but there are other reasons why people do it 
um, we take we get that data and we've gotten it from all over the U.S. and we've been collecting it. And we actually got some through, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm remiss to say I don't remember the man's name at this time just because I'm on the spot. But we had worked with some guys who were at Serviceside uh, who made some introductions to people. Um, and I'll get you that name later <laughs> that had gotten us some caller GPS data. This was almost 18 months or two years ago. Um, but we get that caller GPS data from all over the U S and then what our specialty is, us, our, the three founders is, um, data science and machine learning. Um, and that's really just the construction of a, of a neural network or a reasoning system that is, is not biologically based. It's, it's on a computer. And so we trained these neural networks to recognize patterns in deer data. And so, you know, the caller is registering spots. A lot of our data is every 15 or 30 minutes that will take a GPS fix. And what we do across the U.S., and we have data from up in Western Canada, all the way down to Florida, all the way up to Northeast. Um, in fact, we're just getting more data right now from like the Everglades in Florida um, with deer down there, which seems to me they don't act like any deer are anywhere across the nation. No, they're all very different, so re they're regional, but the neural network picks up on those differences and it makes predictions based on those things. So our goal last year was to get this neural network out there and to just get, kind of get people using it. And we had hundreds of messages from people saying, you know, the neural network, I didn't know what right looked like. I didn't know what I should expect. I just followed it and I either harvested my first big deer or I harvested my first deer ever. We got tons of those stories and we had put those on our Instagram last year and, and we're teeing up more to start putting out as a hunting season approaches of people who just, you know, simply listen to the neural network because it doesn't look how you think it should look. We've been kind of trained as hunters by these other apps that are out there and these other prediction systems to be like, all of the, there'll be a prediction on there. It's quite ludicrous when you think about it. Um, all of the deer are going to move at 4 p.m. today would be like one of the predictions that you're getting out of this neural network, uh, not neural networks, out of these expert models. So you, so you see that on your app, on your phone, and you're like, okay, I need to be out in the woods at 4 p.m. today. And that's about as far as you think about it. But then you kind of, if you sit back and think about it, you're like, wait, every deer in the deer woods in my area is just going to get some kind of invisible text message to get up and start walking around at 4 p.m.? Like, right. is that what we're going with right now? Under your stand. Yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> under your stand. And so what we see in the data is actually quite different, and it's that there are there are peaks and valleys in deer movement that are driven by um, weather events and, and much more large-scale things other than just, like, a barometric pressure shift. Like, a barometric... Like there are probably 11 or 12 other things that need to happen before a deer is going to pay attention to a bar barometric pressure shift. And like, as a quick point of contact, a, a quick little analogy I always give people is if a deer's got m more than enough fat storage for the winter and it's sensing a barometric dip, that's going to lead to some cold weather in October when it has tons of calories on it. The barometric pressure shift is going to mean nothing to that deer because it's, if, if, if the deer had a low fat storage, then yes, it would be a signal to go and feed. But if the deer has plenty of fat, the science is pretty clear that most deer will set out the first few barometric pressure um, uh, when they when it raises and the temperature drops. A lot of deer sit those things out. In fact, we'll see that they just stay in their, their core areas. Um, so a lot of people... 
you know, when these expert models are getting made, they'll just say, oh, anytime the pressure is falling and the, or the temperature is um, falling and the pressure is rising, deer are going to move. It's like, no, you need to look at what was happening in the weather for the past four months. Was there a drought that year? Was there flooding? Have a lot of deer shifted their core ranges? Have there been other storms that have impacted feeding cycles? What is the proximity to the rut? Are we pre-rut? Are we post-rut? Like there's so many things that the neural network looks at before it makes a prediction. So the bell curves on prediction, people will be like, well, you know, my my pattern or my, my movement prediction was like, you know, transition area for seven days. Like that just doesn't make sense to me because I'm looking at, you know, this other app and it's saying they're going to move a lot tomorrow at three, then a little bit here and a lot there and a little bit there. And it's like, well, when we look at the actual colored GPS data, we see that deer deer do move in these where they're moving a lot more than normal and they're doing it for seven or 10 days, which when you think about it makes sense because they're generally getting signaled by a chemical in the body called ghrelin, which is telling them to feed. And that and so if they haven't had good feeding or there wasn't a good crop that year, or if you're in an agricultural area and there was a drought, um, then that barometric pressure might make more sense to, to signal movement and that might get the deer moving, but they're not going to just move for an hour and then they're satiated. They need to feed for seven or eight days before they get those fat levels back up to where they feel comfortable. So for those seven or eight days, you're going to see deer moving a lot more often than you normally would. Um, and it's going to be for a longer period of time because the system is predicting based on all of those weather things. There's, there, you're never going to get, I can plot all of the deer movement hour by hour and you're never going to get, oh, a lot, all of the year just got up and moved for two hours and then laid back down. And they haven't been moving a lot since. That just never happens. There's, no, it, 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 no. that, it doesn't work that way. And so that was a really long answer. Again, I'm doing it a lot. I ramble on because I love this stuff. No, that's, that's what we want, bro. We wanted that neural network out last year. We got the input, and then we knew that there were other things that we were going to have to change going into this year. And, you know, myself and my two co-founders – um, Jimmy and Vaughn have been doing between 12 and 18 hour days every day for the past year, um, working Saturdays and Sundays and everything, pushing towards these next updates. So we have our first major update happened about a month ago or maybe two weeks ago. And I have time is still as, um, it's time is, <laughs> I have three, it could be three days ago. It could be 30 days ago. I have no idea anymore. Um, <laughs> But we released what we call, we updated our imagery. We got this thing called Lambda Map, which is a new way to interact with data layers and stuff like that. We also have what we call the UAV, um, unmanned aerial vehicle imagery, which is five centimeter imagery for about 38% of the United States. It's the highest resolution imagery uh, available on the market that's outside of, you know, like a private military or outside of the military. Um, and that has between three and eight years of historical um, and then we also brought out this thing called property annotation, which ba basically uh, the, the way I would use it or the, if I were hunting, which I'm not anymore, but if I were hunting and I had the time, I liked approaching a lot of public from different areas than most people access public from. So there would be like a parking lot or something like that. So I would knock on doors to try to access public from different areas. So, you know, I was beating the deer back to the areas where they knew they would otherwise see humans on their way there. I would be back there waiting. So I might knock on a door off a of public land and say to someone, you know, I'd like to, I don't need to hunt your property. I just would like to access this hunting block from your property. So I'd like to park across the road, walk through your property, and I'm going to hang my set back there. So people would say yes or no. And then what I always found was I had to throw up, I had to throw a, uh, a, a pin on a map. And then I use red to like to denote that that 
I didn't have access to that property, but it wasn't a useful way of doing it because pretty soon you just have a bunch of red red pins everywhere and you don't have any clue of when you reached out to that person, what they said, what they did. So we also introduced this thing called property annotation, which is nesting in something bigger that we're pushing out later in the summer called Blue Force Tracker. But the property annotation piece basically allows you to reflect the uh, the property and then say you go and knock on a property and someone says, no, you can't hunt here. Well, say they sell that property well, then the next year when that property is sold, you'll get an alert that says, hey, a place that you knocked on and got denied access, the property owner has changed, so go back and seek access. Or if someone says, you know, you, can, you can't you can hunt here, but you can shut, shut antler hunt. So we put out that property annotation thing. Um, we did some some other some other small changes to the UI, and then we added two other base maps um, besides our initial one with what's just a map box map, which most apps use. Right now, we added two other ones that we bought, um, imagery and then this UAV stuff. So we put that all, we worked on that since basically November of last year. We just put that update out. And uh, I, I'm very happy to see, you know, off-season sales have been great for us since we put this out. Tons of people have been ordering it and downloading it and using it and responding. And, and so that's kind of the state of the app right now. And we have more stuff coming out this summer that I'm super excited about al along with new neural networks that we're going to be introducing and coming out with. So yeah, it's going well so far. Man, that is so awesome. I I'm sitting here just with my jaw on the floor because I uh, was actually talking to Spartan Cameron yesterday and he said something I was thinking about this when you were, when you were talking. Um, it's one of those things that sounds like it's like you don't know how bad you need it until you actually have it. Like, cause I'm sitting here listening, like, cause property, so I'm in Florida. So a lot of the public land, there's a ton of public land spaced out. I have five WMAs within an hour of my house. Um, yep. and that's just on the North end. I haven't even explored the South of Florida and there's, and it, they're always going up for sale. I mean, we have a family that is in real estate and, and develops and things like that. My girlfriend, she works for a developer. So we're always seeing different uh, places. You'll have a property that'll go up for sale twice in the same year. So it's yep. one of those things where it's like you, you can go back and that could be your window. And for all you know, it's, I mean, I knock doors here all the time with farms. I usually trade sweat equity. So to be able to do that is, I mean, it's it it's just a whole whole new level of of hunting experience, um, especially you know because you know that networking of also getting to know someone. You go back and uh, get access or you know follow up, and you're going to be able to create a good relationship, especially with someone that stays around. It's like yeah, organizing absolutely. it, organizing your your e scouting. Yep, exactly. And then there's other features that we'll be working in there as well. Um, later in the year under this thing we call blue force tracking where you know say someone's had a bad experience with a hunter uh, in the past and you can say well you know what you can do is you can we're going to have a free version of the app you can tell them hey are we going to download this free spartan forge app um, on the spartan forge app just draw a polygon around your property you can add my email to it then you can see anytime i'm traversing through your property um, they won't be able to see you otherwise outside of that property but anytime you're on their property they'll be able to see you. so if they have kids they want back there hunting whenever you're hunting or if they want to make sure that you're there the days that you said you were going to be there or not there or you know that they said that you can walk through the property to access this public land they won't be able to see what you're doing anywhere else but they'll be able to see whenever you're on their property and i just see that as another way to kind of lessen the friction between hunters and landowners and make sure that people have um that we're expanding access for everyone especially on public lands and private lands that aren't being hunted
No, that's solid. And, uh, you know, you could even almost take it a step further. And I'm sure you guys have already thought about this, but, you know, there's so much with leases and big pieces of land now, you know, landowners can use that to kind of organize who's on their property and who isn't. I know, you know, from what I understand, you have certain times you can hunt them and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. That management piece will be there for people to use and to, um, and to track and to, and to, make sure people are, you know, obeying the, the agreements on the property. Um, and again, you know, for the honest hunter, who's, who's doing the best by the landowners, I see it as a way to expand access and to, um, and to forge, keep those relationships solid and, uh, into the future. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. I knocked a door one time and the guy just said, give me some of the meat. And I was like, that's yeah. it. He's like, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as that. So this is taking it a whole step further. Now, I, I kind of wanted to jump down a little rabbit hole on, on something you said about knocking doors. I'm just kind of curious just about this. Did Would you say you got more no's or yeses? Like, did you did you pretty much, once you kind of explained what you were doing, kind of how, what was the majority of the answers? Well, it depended on where I was. Um, like, in the Midwest where I'm from in North Dakota, I would say I got more yeses than noes. Okay. Um, when I was in like Southern Maryland, I would got way more noes than yeses. Oh, okay. Um, Southern. You went to it, Southern it Maryland. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of depends on the culture and the area and, and the people. And, you know, I, there's reasons I understand why people say no. And there's people, you know, everyone's got their own story and their own reasons. But, um, and then accessing public land from different areas in Pennsylvania, if I was telling the people I wasn't hunting their property and I was just walking through and that I'd tell them when I was there, it was generally yes. Um, uh, same with West Virginia. Um, but, you know, it, to me, it seems like it's a little more difficult out on the East Coast um, than it is in maybe like the Midwest or the South or Southeast. Okay. Do you, do you feel like, I mean, do you think that's just because, you know, the, the, I would say obviously the East coast is way more populated by people. I mean, it could just be more bad. Ex I mean, we could always go down rabbit holes, but it could just be just more bad experiences, you know, with that, you know, the populations are so much bigger uh, out West. I haven't been out West, but it's more so like big parcels of land and things. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely a culture thing and an understanding of hunting and why it's good to have hunters and, you know, the con conservation message. Um, it also comes down a, a lot to, you know, the person who's seeking the access. You know, um, I have buddies from Maryland uh, that kind of I, I would say I started by public land access from different private land parcels game while I was in Maryland. And I was super successful doing that and harvested some good deer doing that. But I'd have buddies that would come with me and they'd always look like crap or mm. they'd, you know, they'd show up, you know, knock on someone's door, just looking like an idiot. No, I get um, it. Cigarette in the and, hand, things like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I would always, I would always show up either coming back from work or, um, someplace where I'm already professionally dressed and, you know, present myself like somebody who's not going to create problems. Nope, and I know sense. there's, pro there's inbuilt prejudice there and people are like, well, I shouldn't have to change myself to get access. And I get it or whatever, but I'm just saying what works is putting yourself together, having a cohesive narrative on why access is good for you and it's good for them and it's good for hunting and for the animals ultimately. And if you're able to talk intelligently about all of those things and kind of, I guess the best term is just align the interest of the landowner with that of the hunter and you understand and you can do that in a way that's well thought out and well spoken, you're going to be successful more oh, often always. than not.
always. I, you know, I have my ears pierced and I have, you know, tattoo sleeves and things like that. And I, you know, I don't care what someone looks like, but when I go knock a door here, I nice jeans. I wear a long sleeve shirt. I take my earrings out. You know, I brush my beard. Like I, I pull yeah. myself together. You know, I don't have beer on my breath, anything like that. You know, I pull <laughs> up my truck's clean. You know, my truck, yeah. I'm not pulling up in the work truck. I'm pulling up in my truck. It's clean. I get out, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big handshaker, even with all the, the stuff going on. I just, I wash my hands after. I just feel like it's, you really, you know, touching someone and just really, you know, connecting in that aspect. And then I let them know what I'm doing. And I always start out like that too. I'm like, Hey, you know, feel free to say no, this is no pressure, but I'd love to hunt your property XYZ. I can trade sweat equity. I can give you meat, whatever I bow hunt. That usually goes a freaking long way with people yep, getting yep. you in the door. For sure. I don't even think about asking for rifle. Like I just wouldn't do it. I would no now now we got a lot of hogs down here, so their relationship usually evolves where I'm like, hey man, you know I can do ten times the amount of damage with a with a rifle at night if you'd let me and, and that kind of slips in with the hogs, but I know not everyone has that problem, you know, so Yeah, the other thing that I found really helps me out too, and people might not like it, um, but it's the truth. I always found you know, I have four kids. I always found when I had my daughter and my son with me um, when I went, cause a lot of times they were hunting with me as well. Right. So anytime I brought my kid or my, my kids with me, I seem to get more yeses that way too. Um, because they can kind of link up, you know, cause my kids eat deer meat pretty much exclusively, or at least they used to. Um, again, I haven't done much hunting since I started the company. Um, and we've already been through my deer meat from last year, but, uh, <laughs> Before then, they are almost exclusively on deer meat, and then we donate the rest of it to our local. Um, our church uh, ran a thing where uh, it was like a collective where we could donate deer meat. So when you again, when you tie that in, and then you have your kids with you, and the kids come out hunting with you, and you're doing it for them once again, people people are a lot more likely to say yes because they, it's far less likely that they'll get the impression that this is a guy who's just here to kill. Right, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, that that presentation is everything. I mean, you're a stranger showing up to someone's house. Like you have to, you got. Yeah, and I and I have the I, even when I was in the military, I had a big beard, I had tattoos, all of those things, um, and I definitely could have gone there and presented the wrong um, thing. And I'm not suggesting people engage in self deception or deception. Right. I'm just saying put your best foot forward like you would for a job interview. Exactly. Treat it the same way, and then you'll see more success. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all it is, putting your best foot forward. And then once they meet you, everyone I meet, not one person's ever been like, oh, I didn't, I, you know, you deceived me because you had a long sleeve shirt on and now you have earrings. Like, what happened? I'm like, well, you can see my, the piercings there, you know, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah, right. no one's ever come up to me and attacked me like that. And I mean, I talked to old, old heads, man, 70, 80-year-old farmers out here just tattered up and they – I've never had anyone, you know, mention I feel deceived or anything, and I do it all the time. So, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, let's see here. So we kind of, we kind of answered a lot of the questions when you kind of went through that. But a few of our, you know, I like to reach out to the guys and and gals and that are in service side, and I kind of like to ask them, you know, give them a heads up. You know, I told them I was getting you on the on the podcast today and you know a couple questions and you, you answered a lot of these but i'm just going to throw these out there if you feel like you want to touch on them more great if not we'll move on um i feel like you answered them but a lot of people asked 
which I'm sure you get this all the time, you know, what is the difference between Spartan Forge and Onyx, which obviously you're not a mapping company, so there's a huge difference right there. That's just one of your facets. But, um, you know, I feel like you kind of touched on that pretty well. I mean, do you feel like you need to go into any more depth with that? I mean, there are a few other things I think that separate us is we do a lot of historic history kills deer and we do a lot of historical weather and historical mapping as well um, and historical predictions. And we do diaries and journals and stuff inside of our application. So you can, you know, if you see a, you know, it just happened to me last year, I saw a three and a half year old deer that I was really tempted to, to put an arrow in. It was probably a 135 inch deer out in Southern in Maryland. And, um, it was, I, but I, I had the feeling and I was pretty sure it was young. I'm pretty, I, I even thought maybe it was a two and a half year old, but was, I think it was a three and a half year old deer. And I've got cameras in a spot that's coming up this next year, but you know, I just made a journal entry. So I didn't forget. And that journal entry just said, Hey, you know, good three and a half year old deer, lots of potential. You know, you saw it a few times in this area. I dropped some, I dropped some journal entries in there. I can look at that, that when I make that journal entry, it records the wind if I make the journal entry, say say I saw the deer a week ago, I make the journal entry from a week ago, it goes back and pulls that historical weather, it associates it with the journal entry. Um, it really helps seeing things on the ground and trying to derive patterns from the animals. And then the, the, uh, the historical weather, the historical mapping as well, for about 38% of the U.S., we have between three and eight years of historical mapping, which helps you understand, you know, was there a development in this area? Was there a clear cut made in this area? You know, most of Florida for us is covered. So if you look on your Spartan Forge app, uh, I think it's something like 70% of Florida has between three and eight years of historical mapping. And that's just huge to understand, you know, how the, the, the area has changed and all of that type of stuff. But then again, when you click on our Intel tab and you look at like what's being presented in the area, it's going through all of the, the normalized weather data. It's going through, you know, it gives you a wind rose, which shows you month by month, year by year, historical and in the future, what the predominant winds will be in a particular area. The, it breaks down the public land percentages, your largest and notable tracts of land. It goes into how many hunters there are per state, you know, in state and out of state hunters, how many deer are harvested during each epic of the hunting season what are the records in the area it goes into the types of native browse in the area that deer are interested in what you could be scouting for on the ground when you're hunting public land there's so much more there than just a hunting app that shows you a map um, like i said it's it's really getting an understanding of every variable that's in, that's included in what we call in the military a targeting cycle which is you know we have the military what's called a jpel list it's the joint prioritized effects list it's basically our list of who we're trying to kill i don't like to use the exact analogy with deer but there are variables in a deer targeting cycle that are present in a terrorist targeting cycle cycle so i'm trying to identify all of those things and then structure them in a way that makes sense to the hunter um and then presenting that in there yeah that's way way more than than what we're than what I, I, we'll just say what i'm currently getting on the on the hunting app i use i you know you had mentioned you know about like prediction apps and stuff i've never actually in my whole life been on a prediction app i've never downloaded one i've never googled it it's just one of those things where i've just always been a boots on the ground kind of guy um it's just yep. kind of how i am it's it's for my mental also you know so it's it's a yep. medicine for me um, but also, like I said, kids on the way, got to be more efficient, got to think of the future. Absolutely. And I've really enjoyed that it's a lot more and I'm going to be able to take what I think I need um, to make the decisions that I that I want. Now, I guess kind of while we're while we're on that question, um, if you don't mind bringing it up, 
like pricing, there's a huge difference in your pricing than other maps. From what I'm understanding, I mean, it's like 30 bucks or something like that or yeah it's 39 for the year again we're a company of few people and you know some of our competitors have development staffs that are five times the size of our company alone that doesn't include the leadership so we don't uh how can i put this the mapping markets for hunters is inflated it's they, right. they are charging people way more money than they need to they are uh, taking advantage of people. And they're taking advantage of people who, you know, I grew up very poor, not very poor, poor. I didn't know I was poor, but I definitely grew up, you know, father died when I was young, grew up in a trailer court, essentially, didn't have a lot of money. Um, and But everybody hunted. And, you know, when you work for a living, physical labor for a living, like my family did and my mother did and everyone involved, in, you know, everyone surrounding me worked. I looked at, I look at, when I spend money, I look at everything in the context of it would take me two hours to do this. And here's what I get paid per hour. So is it worth this? And, and that's, that's kind of the context I look at everything in. And so people are being overcharged. Like some of these apps for a yearly membership, they range between 179 to 119 to 79 bucks a month. Or I mean a year and then other add on features that are 10 or 15 bucks a month. And they are just making a killing on people. And so if I do anything with this company, I hope that I lower the prices of some of these other apps that people are overpaying for and kind of show them what's possible. If you just run, you know, not to be a cheese ball, but like a more Spartan company that's more um, in line with minimalism and not being not not over. Not overselling a capability that shouldn't be oversold. You know, a lot of these mapping companies now will say something like, oh, we've done 3D maps. It is not difficult to do 3D maps whatsoever. It's it's essentially a week of development. And then you're going to charge every user that you have 20 more bucks a year or 10 more bucks a year to do 3D mapping. We will have 3D mapping coming out this summer. Uh, we have an online web app that will be coming out. It will be on there. All of the same crap that you're seeing from all these other companies, they're just pushing parts of Mapbox and things that Mapbox is already building for them. It's nothing that they're doing on their own. You know, oh, none of these companies built 3D mapping. They just have a Mapbox subscription, which everyone uses. If you use a hunting map, you use Mapbox. Mapbox is part of it. You can see it in the bottom corner. So that or Google or Android or, or, or iOS. Every one of them, though, use Mapbox and use the Mapbox maps. So 3D mapping was not built by any of these companies. <laughs> it's just a feature that they turned on. You know, I, and then they, oh, they sell it to people and they people pay more money for it. And it's like... You're not paying any more for that Mapbox subscription hunting company. So why in the heck are you charging people more for these 3D maps that are being offered for free by Mapbox and these other companies? It's just it's it's just it's BS is what it is. It's well it's that that gimmick play. You know, we we talked about I talk I literally had a consultant for Spartan cameras on la, uh, yesterday and we talked about this. We we had almost cut it off because it was like 20 minute long conversation of, you know, the difference between innovation and gimmick innovation. <laughs> you yeah, know, like absolutely. there's a huge difference between somebody doing something the first time. Like you're the first one to put out a 3D map. Okay, there's your credit. But, you know, you can't can't make it more than that. And, in, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. So, we, you know, that's not what this podcast is about. We wanted to show what Spartan uh, Forge is about. But, you know, I agree, man. I, I think people get taken advantage of. I see it with our program. Like we had mentioned the name Field Staff. Man, if I could take that name and throw it in the garbage, I would do it today. 
but you have to rebrand a completely new word and educate people. And there's a lot, like you said, there's a time is money. If it takes you two weeks to establish even the branding, there's branding images and, and media, you know, what are you getting from that? And you know, it's a shame that the industry has taken that name and and kind of cut it up into little pieces. And, you know, when people just like with us, when they're like, well, field staff and a membership program and, you know, they're used to the here's free product, sell our stuff. And we're going to give you a small cut because we're already char- charging so much that we're going to give you that small cut. And that's not what we're about with our partners, even the big name partners. Man, they're just like you, man. They're they're great people. I've talked to the people who run either run the show or started the company and the partners that we have, they're not out to take money. They take what they need to pay the bills um, and then they are putting the rest into uh, making the company better or bringing on more people to get more resources and things like that. And, you know, we don't, we don't take any cuts. I've had one company out of the 50 some we're partnered with that said, you know, do you want to get a percentage? And we said, whatever you were going to give us, tack it on to the guys. Whatever, because we don't yeah. our our money's our revenues derived from the membership fee. We don't we don't need to make money on apparel or gimmicks or this or that or or you know join service side. You'll be a better hunter tomorrow. Like we don't need to we don't need to do that. Um, you know, yeah. and, and I, I love that you're about that, man. I know I kind of got long winded on that rant too, but it, it's a shame that the industry is like that. And at least you're taking a step towards correcting it and giving another option. Yep, absolutely. And that's my goal is to is to if I if if I fold up shop on this in three years and it doesn't work out, I know that I went as hard as I could and I raged against this as hard as I could and did as much as I could and worked as hard as I could. And if that just means that some of the bigger apps and some of the other prediction systems that we know are are BS, um, either lower their price or stop, you know, gouging the customer, I'm happy. Like I will, I will go off and do something else. Like I, I, I'm not super concerned about building an empire here, but what I am really concerned about doing is making sure that like 15 year old Bill Thompson, who was washing ditches over the summer, um, that would definitely 100% buy this product, isn't wasting his money or his, his, his labor or his time because, um, he just didn't know any better. Um, and that, that, that is what really bothers me about some of these things. And it's another thing that motivates me to continually innovate and try to do the right thing by everyone involved in the industry. Well, you know, I tell, I tell, you know, friends, colleagues, people I talk to in the industry, just everyday conversations, the people that do stuff like that, man, like nine times out, don't get me wrong. Someone gets away with it here and there. It happens. That's just, that's a numbers game, but for nine times out of ten, the people that are doing that, it it doesn't shop either gets folded up or something happens where, you know, I won't get crazy because like I said, this ain't a bash session. But you know, I've had people personally text me and say, you know, like when you're talking to to Bill today, can you, you know, we're we're tired of using you know so and so's hunting app and we're ready to go. Like we're ready to yeah. pack it up. We're ready to go. Like. It, it's time to make moves so can you help us make that decision and i actually have more people that said that to me than i was expecting to be honest with you but you know i'm not really uh well versed when it comes to things like this like i said i'm the you know i'm the old hillbilly boots on the ground and and seeing this is definitely uh definitely kind of changing my mind on a lot of things i'll definitely be getting it for sure especially because i'm in florida and you said you got like what 70 percent of florida covered so oh yeah the the imagery in florida is you i mean it, it's 
and it's only going to get better. We're introducing more ways of looking at the data and doing stuff and, you know, things I'm very excited about that I think, you know, people are really going to get behind. Um, You know, I stay in uh, the parks, well, the um, WMAs here frequently. I'm, you know, we have private land and stuff down here and, and I knock doors and stuff, but you know, I primarily, I love public. Like I said, it's for my mental more than anything. And, um, you know, that challenge of, of taking a mature animal, you know, I go to spots that get dog hunted and stuff. People are like, ain't no deer in there. And I'll pull out what I consider a nice Florida deer, um, after getting them patterned. And, and my point is I'll definitely be more than happy to help you on a personal level, um, with, you know, burns and things like that. I have all that marked. I literally, walk it out and measure and when I see burn areas and document it for myself and I do it in a notebook but um, you know I I definitely will share if in my area you're lacking on anything awesome yeah absolutely I'd love to talk to you more about that after the podcast because there's lots of that data that we're getting after and we're we're also going to be hiring people to help us get more of that data and um, yeah so there's the 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 way of the future is going to be, you know, this type of um, tactical, I guess, ground level type of information from users and other people to make the experience better for everyone. So um, those were the questions I had uh, from the members. One of them did mention, um, like, how often do you update your boundary lines? Um, I mean, it sounds like you do them, you said, pretty, pretty frequently. Yeah, so I mean, we we have to. There's a few data repositories for the boundary lines. Um, we I think we've updated something along the lines of like, I think this year already already ten thousand boundary lines, um, and we are going to continue doing that throughout the season. It's at least quarterly okay. that we're updating these things, and for sure every update we're updating we're we're doing it. So every time you download an update from the store for sure there's going to be property line changes and ownership data changes and that type of stuff too. So it's, it's pretty constant. Okay, great, man. Um, so this is something that, and I know we're kind of switching gears on here. Um, we're touching on about an hour, but I definitely wanted to ask this. So we have Memorial day coming up. Um, and I was looking through your website. I had saw something called the Memorial patch and I just kind of wanted to throw a plug in for that and, and see if you wanted to kind of talk about that and touch on it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we, we do this memorial patch um, for Murph. Murph is a workout that gets done every day on Memorial Day. And um, so, I, I like I said, I'm, I, I came from the military. I did 21 years there, almost 21 years there, a little over 20. And, um, and you know, I, I've tried to do – I had soldiers, shoulder surgery here about six months ago, so I'm probably in the worst shape of my life. But um, I will be doing the Murph Challenge again this year, hopefully – and finishing it with my, if my shoulder allows me to, but, um, we're, we're selling these patches. We call it a memorial patch and it's just a nice designed, um, patch that our marketing team came up with. It's got, um, some antlers on it with a captain America shield and we're going to donate all of the money. I think we've sold a ton of the patches already. I, I can't remember exactly how many, but there are more up there and it's just a patch to throw in like a baseball cap where you can actually order a cap that comes with it. All of the proceeds, all of the money that we get from this, um, is going to go to the Lieutenant Michael P. Murphy um, Foundation, uh, the Murph Challenge campaign. And uh, there's a scholarship there, and, and we'll be writing that check once these this order period is over. So, you know, even if people don't want the app and they just want to support something that goes to veterans, you know, we do this. We do a veterans hunt every year. We did one last year. We're going to do probably one or maybe even two this year. Um, a lot. We do a lot of stuff for veterans. And, uh, you know, as I said, I came from the military. Uh, a lot of people don't benefit from their service as well as I did. I feel guilty sometimes. You know, the military got me a college education, got me a few certificates. It got me, 
you know, I, I benefited so much from it. So, and there's a lot of people who didn't come out benefiting as much as I did, losing legs, losing um, their lives, um, and their families are left behind. So, I try to use the Spartan Forge um, Foundation, um, the foundation of Spartan Forge, whenever I can to raise money for veterans and donate back to the community that I came from. So, please, if anyone's hearing this uh, and they want a cool looking patch, please go on there and they'll be part of that check that we cut to the Murph campaign. And I'll definitely put that in the show notes. I'd already saved the link, um, but um, let's see here. What I don't have it in front of me, so just forgive me for this, but the website, it's SpartanForge.com? Yes. No, SpartanForge.ai is an artificial intelligence. SpartanForge.ai. Yep. All right, great. And I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes. So um, kind of wrapping up here, I just I wanted to kind of definitely get these last couple questions in, but um, – Feel free after I ask this, this is kind of the last question that I had, but feel free if, if you want to touch on anything else or you feel like we need to mention anything else, go for it. Um, but without kind of spilling, you know, giving us the secret sauce over here, uh, what's the future kind of look like for Spartan Forge right now? We have a lot of stuff going on. Um, the quick, the, the quick ones, the quick things that are coming soon is we have that blue force tracker update. That's going to be dropping here probably in six or eight weeks or so. Um, we have the web app that'll be coming out around the same time period. So you'll be able to get the app on a computer. Um, that'll come with all of the standard fare that you get from all the other companies, plus a bunch of cool stuff that we're adding on top that we've developed internally. Um, we have partnerships that are coming up with, you know, other, uh, you know, big brands in the space that we're partnering with that we're really excited to announce that I can't announce yet, but it's going to be good for the hunter. It's going to be good for all phases of the hunt and all, you know, like I said before, aspects of the targeting cycle for the hunter. Uh, it's going to help all of those things out. Um, a lot of technological integration on the hardware side that we're, is coming with our app in the future. Um, we're also doing um, another veterans hunt coming up this year. So, you know, watch our Instagram. Please come go and follow us there, um, and you'll be able to keep a, keep abreast of what's going on. Um, just you know, a ton of stuff. The, the the Blue Force Tracker. We have this thing called the Wear feature. It's essentially going to point out on a map areas that you should investigate as a hunter for places that you have um, access to. It'll just it's using the machine learning. It's using neural networks. It's using other algorithms to kind of do an analysis of a block of land. And again, it's not going to replace scouting. It's not going to be able to be just a place that you go and hunt. But again, for, you know, when you've got mama and you've got four babies or three babies or your first baby, it doesn't matter what it is and your time is spoken for. It's just a way to kind of help people out and, and give them some ideas of stuff that they may not have thought about, or if they're new to hunting, um, it's going to help them out there. Uh, and then more updates throughout the season and really cool stuff that I'm super excited. And uh, yeah, that's, that's basically the future for us in a nutshell. Man, that's that's awesome, dude. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for not only to try something new, but you you know, not even being corny, just just being honest, man. It's it almost kind of t- makes me feel a little bit better, like a little warm and fuzzy, kind of on the inside, knowing like now, like my hunting seat. You know, all I could think of is like, and I know this is selfish, but I'm an honest person. I'm like, man, what's this kid gonna do to my hunting season? Yeah, hopefully <laughs> so, I help it out quite a bit. <laughs> it definitely sounds like it, especially you got me excited about Florida because you know, like I said, I hunt a lot of land here, so. Um, it's going to be really nice, especially knowing that you guys are freaking on top of Florida. Um, but actually, you know, I did actually have one more question. I'm sorry. I was I was just double checking uh, with the guys and, and made sure. But someone did mention something about your offline maps. Um, do you guys have – you guys also offer offline maps? 
Yep, yep. You just click the three bar menu. It's, there's a, there'll be a dis- different representation in the next update because we realize it's not in the bottom bar like it is in other apps. But all you do is mm-hmm. click on the three line menu in the top right corner, and there's offline maps there that you can download. Um, but we're also changing the way that offline maps work. Um, something I'm pretty excited about um, from a user interface perspective that'll be in the next update that should be out in, uh, I, I don't like saying dates, but roughly a month or two. Okay, great. Well, Bill, that's all the questions that I have. Do you, do you want to mention anything else or touch on anything else? Uh, I mean, please just go follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, like I said, I answer all of the questions on our apps. If people have questions about how the app works, where our data is from, um, prediction, uh, our movement stuff, the mapping, any of that stuff, um, just know um, that I'm there to answer their questions and to reach out and not to be strangers. And please um, support, uh, if you're not going to support a Veterans Foundation through the stuff that we're doing, please just reach out and support one another way because... You know, these are the people that secure all of our freedoms, and it's very important to me that I use, uh, you know, my small um, uh, stake of claim here to to amplify those causes. And so, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. Awesome, awesome, and that's Spartan Forge, and that's two words, and it's just normal spelling for for everyone yep. out there. And your yep. Instagram and Facebook is just Spartan Forge. Yep. All right. You got it. Cool. And I'll put all that in the in the show notes, man. Well, I really appreciate you jumping on. I'm actually going to get this podcast set. I, I think that would be, you know, like, you know, hopefully not according to just honorable to, to get this out by Memorial Day. Um, you know, I know it's it's not about that. It, you know, it's about those who, who sacrifice their lives for our freedom. But, you know, I definitely think, you know, it'd be a good day to put that out and hopefully get some good donations towards the uh, – uh, towards the foundation there and and you know goes goes to a great cause so that's that in itself and i'm definitely gonna be checking out the app uh like i said john's already done put a bug in my ear and then you've drove the nail in the coffin so i'm gonna look at that i'm gonna go ahead and make this plunge and and try to get this taken care of well i'm i'm, I'm excited to hear about it man <laughs> keep me uh, up to date all right, so if you guys have any questions um, that you'd like me to ask to reach out to Bill um, or you can reach out to him yourself, just let me know, justin at serviceside.com. And thanks again, Bill, with Spartan Forge. We will see you all in the next one.